coming out of um, uh, Proverbs chapter 3 here. And um, uh, this particular verse uh, and verses like it were always really important to me when I first got saved. I got saved when I I was 15. And um, I had read, uh, was reading the book of Proverbs, uh, probably read it several times when I was uh, a teenager. And, um, uh, And the reason I liked Proverbs was because you know, Proverbs lays out a lot of ground rules of if you want to be successful in life, then do these things, right? If you want to avoid difficulties in your life, do these things. Here's some things to watch out for. And there's just a lot of good uh, uh, information in the book of Proverbs. And so, you know, if you want to set your life uh, on a good course and direction, reading the book, book of Proverbs is a good way to begin. Amen. Uh, and there's there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, so you can read that easily. In fact, if you follow our um, Bible reading schedule there on the back table. It includes uh, the book of uh, Psalms and Proverbs uh, as part of the yearly reading schedule. So if you follow that uh, reading schedule, you can read all of the New Testament plus the book of Psalms and the book of Proverbs uh, each year. And so it's not a bad thing to do is to read it uh, through each year. Amen. Uh, and of course, uh, you can read it more than that. You know, some people, I've had people fuss at me, you know, uh, well, you know, you need to read the whole Bible every month. Well, you could do that. You'd have to read 10 chapters a day, uh, and uh, you could read the, the uh, at least the whole New Testament every month. Uh, I don't even know. There's, there's uh, 1,089 verse chapters in the, in the Bible. So uh, you'd have to read, uh, how many is that a day, Jared? Uh, uh, however many that is in a day, you'd have to read 30 chapters a day or so to get it done in a, uh, each, each, uh, uh, each month, which is possible, but, you know, um, uh, some people are, are more zealous than others, I suppose, right? So I'm not going to put you under pressure on that. I, you know, reading the New Testament through in a year is a pretty good goal. Because if you ask most Christians, you know, most Christians have probably never read the whole New Testament anyway, all the way through. Uh, and since we live in the New Covenant, um, you know, it's good to read the Old Covenant. You know, I do read it quite a bit. Um, but um, if, you, if you're going to prioritize things, I would encourage you to prioritize reading uh, the New Covenant. And also... You know, reading a whole book uh, is helpful because you get the sense of what the author was trying to, to get across, especially the epistles, uh, the uh, letters written to the church, uh, starting in, in the book of Romans all the way to uh, the book of Jude. Those are good books to read all the way through because you kind of get a sense of what Paul or whatever author is, wrote that book there, what they're trying to get a, the point across overall. Amen. Uh, and so, and, and you never, you know, you can't read too much of the word of God, but um, don't put yourself under pressure because if you just put yourself under pressure, you're just reading. You're not trying to comprehend anything. You're just trying to get a check mark, and that's not the goal in life. Amen. Uh, you know, I had somebody tell me one time that they can quote the entire book of Ephesians. That's great. Do you know anything of what it says? Right. Who cares if you can quote it? If you don't know what it means, who cares if you can quote it? Amen. Uh, and so uh, the most important thing is uh, is to understand what you're reading. And th- this verse here is one of the verses that helped me uh, desire that. It's in Proverbs chapter uh Three, uh, chapter 4, verse 7, it says, uh, make sure, yeah, chapter 4, verse 7, it says, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Uh, and just reading this as a, as a teenager, uh, it, it, it uh, <clears throat> uh, impressed upon me about how important it was to gain wisdom. Uh, and of course, wisdom, you know, wisdom is a spiritual thing, right? It's not just, it's not intelligence, right? It's not education, it's, it's a spiritual thing aspect that comes from the Lord, uh, and it, it allows you to deal wisely in all the affairs of life, 
right? So uh, are there any things you have to deal with in life? There's plenty of things you've got to deal with in life. What's the best way to deal with it? Well, wisdom answers that question, right? What's the best way to deal with somebody, deal with something, deal with some event or, or some situation? The answer to that question is wisdom. Wisdom will tell you exactly what to say, how to go about doing that thing, how to about, go about um, uh, the best way to buy something, best way to sell something, the best way to, to get a job, the best way to, uh, to fix your house, you know, whatever it is that you're dealing with in life. Uh, it says wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. So we should get wisdom. Of course, we know in the New Testament it says if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of the Lord who giveth uh, liberally and upbraideth not. Uh, and so if you don't have wisdom, Lord, I don't know what to do, then he said to pray, and the Lord will give you wisdom. And so that's how you get wisdom. But the Proverbs chapter 4 tells you how valuable wisdom is, therefore get wisdom. And it says with all thy getting or all thy getting of wisdom, get understanding. So understanding answers the question of why. Uh, and, uh, and for me, I've always uh, wanted to focus on understanding, especially as I study the Word of God. My goal is not just know the Word of God. My, my goal is to understand the Word of God, right? And, of course, you won't ever understand all the Word of God because it's progressive and, uh, you know, you'll increase in your understanding as you go along. But understanding uh, the Word of God is, you know, well, Lord, why is it important that, this, that you do this, right? Why is it important that we do that? Why, is it, why did you do it this way? Why did you do it that way? You know, why did you set up you know, 12 apostles of the Lamb? Why did you set up 12 tribes of Israel? Why did you, you know, to answer those questions is understanding, amen? Uh, and if you, and if he said, get understanding, and so the Lord, the, Lord, the Lord will give you understanding, but you have to pursue understanding. Uh, and I ask the Lord a lot of times as I read the Word of God, Lord, why is this important? Why, you know, you, you spend so much time on this topic, then it must be important, and yet you hear nobody preach about this topic, right? Uh, and so, you know, there's a lot of things you go through the Word of God and research and you realize, well, Lord, you said a lot about this thing. Uh, and yet, uh, uh, it seems about be, we don't hear much about this. Uh, and if you go in, in the whole church, if you look at how much the Word of God in the New Testament talks about, like speaking in tongues, for example. There's a lot of information about speaking in tongues all through the book of Acts, you know, uh, uh, especially in 1 Corinthians uh, uh, chapter 12, chapter 14. You've got whole chapters dedicated to this topic. And yet, it's a controversial topic. Well, why is it a controversial topic? He literally gives us a bunch of information about that. He prophesied about it in the Old Covenant. You go back in the Old Testament, read about uh, the future of people speaking with other tongues. And yet, it's, a, it's not a controversial subject for me because it's, it's clearly in the Word of God. Uh, but in some circles, it's, it's, uh, it's controversial. You look at the topic of healing. You know, we've got an encyclopedic book back there on the topic of healing. Uh, well, how is it that the church can miss that topic of healing that God doesn't do it anymore and that he's forgotten about it and he's closed that off to the church? And yet hundreds of verses in the word of God cover the topic of healing. Uh, and so understanding uh, will help us in that, right? Well, Lord, if, if, if you uh, want to d dedicate as, much, uh, as many verses to this topic as you have, then this must be something that we need to know. Amen? And so why is it, Lord, that you want us to know this? And so that's, that's what the purpose of understanding is is uh, why does the lord want us to know this right and so why does the lord want us to have understanding because uh just knowing the word of god by uh saying the words in the verse doesn't help your life at all you need to understand why is it important that you do that thing right well whatever the thing is because uh, if you don't know why you're doing it if you're just doing it out of uh, legalism then you're really not uh you're really not fulfilling the word of god the way that he wants you to fulfill amen uh, we need to understand, you know, why are we doing things? Uh, and so, you know, in fact, I remember asking my pastor one time years ago, 
you know, he would tell us things, uh, and, and I'd be like, well, I don't know, why is he telling us that? And so I went up and asked him one time. I said, I said you know, is it okay if I ask you why? Uh, you know, uh, because I wanted, you, you said to do this thing or not do this thing, you know, what, related to church matters, you know, not so much about the Word of God, but related to church matters. And, I, and, and <clears throat> you know, for example, one time, uh, you know, we asked him if, uh, if we could have a softball team. Uh, and, and he said, no. You know, we wanted to have a church-sponsored softball team, right, and, and get church search, you know, have a secret handshake, you know, you know like all that kind of stuff, uh, and uh, sponsored by the church. Uh, and he said, no. You know, I mean, any book, chapter, and verse that says thou shalt not have a softball team? Well, no, there's no book, chapter, and verse that says thou shalt not have a softball team. Uh, and so, so I want to know why. Well, you know, that's not unreasonable to know, want, want to know. That's called understanding, right? Because some people say, well, he said it. We've got to do it. Well, you know, it's not really, it's not a scriptural issue here, a doctrinal issue. It's just his decision. Amen. Uh, and so I said, you know, is it okay if I ask you why? <laughs> you know, the, the answer to that question is, uh, from his perspective, it was sometimes yes, sometimes no, right? The answer should always be yes. But, but you know, everybody's not that way. Everybody can't be questioned, right? I mean, if I tell you something, well, you know, we're going to decorate the church for Christmas next Saturday. Well, why are we doing that? Just because I love Christmas, you know. I mean, it's really, it's really not that deep, right? It's, I like Christmas decorations. That's why we're doing it. Amen? Uh, you want a deep uh, philosophical answer? There's not one. It's just I like Christmas. I love everything about Christmas. I love Christmas music. I love Christmas trees, you know. I don't worship trees. I don't worship music. But uh, uh, I just like everything about Christmas. Amen? <clears throat> and so there's the answer to, to why, right? And so, so you can ask my pastor why sometimes, you know. But uh, you had to really uh, pray and fast before you did that, asked a question. But I did ask him why. You know, well, why can't we have a softball team? He said, well, you know, the uh, Christian softball leagues, are, you know, he said they're just as carnal as any other leagues. You know, they'll still cuss each, each other. They'll still fight each other. They'll still yell at the refs, still yell at the players. And, and so I don't want to have a team because, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to look poorly on the church. Now, see, personally, I disagreed with him on that because I'm thinking, well, just, it, you know, uh, if we have a team and somebody on our team cusses out the ref, we just shoot them in the kneecap or, break a leg or something, and, or fire them from the team, or, you know, have a conversation with them. Hey, you need to act like a Christian. I mean, it'd be okay to help people, amen, <clears throat> to, to, to behave instead of not giving them the opportunity to behave, amen. Now, that's my opinion, right? So it's not, it's not a doctrinal issue. That's, that's his church. He could, and so I didn't go out and secretly start a softball team. Well, I'll show him. I just never played on a softball team after that. That's uh, his church. He can do it however he wants to. Uh, and so, you know, we, as we read the scriptures, we, we should ask our questions, Lord, why? What, you know, why is, this, why is this a deal, right? Why, why is this a big deal? <clears throat> and so uh, if, you, uh, if you're wondering, can you get the answer to that question? He says right there, get understanding. So if he says to get it, then it's available. So if it's available, I want it. And so when I'm reading the scriptures and I don't understand it, I'm, I'm going to go to the Lord and say, Lord, uh, and I've told lots of, Lord, I have no idea what this means. You ever read a verse and go, yeah, I read it. I can understand each word, but I have no idea what you're trying to say here. Uh, and welcome to the human race, amen? That's going to happen. Uh, and so <clears throat> there's a lot of verses I'll read and go, Lord, I, have, I, I don't even know what you're talking about here. Uh, and so, but that's why we study, amen? That's why we do our part. But I study with the expectation. If I study, the Lord will give me understanding. If I do my part, he will do his part. Because he said, get it. Well, who's going to give it to you? He's going to give it to you. So my expectation is I'm going to go get it. He's going to give it to me, and I'm going to understand the word of God. Amen? Uh, and, whatever, and, and this doesn't just cover, he did not limit the scriptural things, right? This isn't all of your life. Amen? 
uh, all of my life, I've always been one who want to understand things. Amen. You know, I want to understand how internal combustions work. I want to understand how the internet works. I want to understand how electricity works. I want to. I just want to understand things. You know, I don't understand how the planets go around the sun, and you know how nuclear uh, uh, reactors work. And uh, you know that's just uh, the Lord made me that way, and I'm okay with being that way. Amen. Uh, and so, if you're not that way, that's fine, right? If you don't care how the internal combustion works, right? If you get in a car and all I want to know is I push on the gas. And what happens? Magic. I just go, all right? And some people are okay with that, right? I'm not okay with that. I don't, well, I want to know, when you push on the gas, what happens, right? <clears throat> We're not going to explain how to happen, you know. Uh, if you want to know more details, we can have an internal combustion class after service there. Uh, and so, <clears throat> but um, anyway, uh, but that's who the Lord made me, and that's fine, amen? If you care about how that works, great. If you don't have care, it's still okay, amen? You're not uh, a lesser person because you don't care how these things work, Amen? Uh, but it is important that somebody knows how these things work, amen? Uh, and so that's why we need each other. And so praise God. Well, let's stand, each other, stand and greet each other for just a minute. We'll get into praise and worship. Heaven. Father, we will see so much more of what you've done for us even than we knew on the earth. So, Father, we're so very thankful even what we do know for the things you've done for us. We thank you, Father, for the things you revealed to us in your word. We thank you, Father, that you've given to us your spirit. We thank you, Father, that you've made us strong in our inner man, Father. And that you've strengthened us with, strengthened us with all might. We thank you, Father, thank you, thank you. that you've washed us and made us clean by the blood of Jesus. We stand before you, Father, without fault because of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the precious blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you for being willing to pay the great price for our salvation. Be willing, Father, to allow yourself to suffer as you did on the earth so that we can spend eternity with you in heaven. Father, we're so thankful for that. We thank you, Father. Father, for all of these things, we give you praise and honor. We thank you for them, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? He appreciates the, uh, we appreciate the Lord's goodness and kindness. Amen. It's always good to, uh, to be thankful to the Lord. Amen. Uh, well, praise God. We finished up last week talking about the compassion of the Lord. And, of course, like any topic, you could spend a lot of time talking about that. Um, and so, but I just sense we were finished with that. And, um, you know, it's always my heart and my heart's desire to, to teach and speak on things that the Lord desires, uh, for us to know in the church. Amen. I mean, you can, uh, I've got hundreds of messages that I've preached over the years and, you know, I could pick up, pick an old one, you know, if I just bored and pick an old message that I haven't taught in many years. In fact, I was looking at one just the other day. I haven't taught in, in 13 years. So I thought, you know, that's pretty good. I should go back there and teach that sometime. It may be on the list sometime. We'll see if we get around to it or not. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's always what's more, more important to me is, Lord, what do you want us to know today, right now? Amen. What do you want us to teach on? And so there were some things I was kind of thinking, you know, it'd be nice to teach on these things. But the Lord just really impressed me um, that he wants us to talk about the judgment of the Lord, which is a super exciting, uh, you know, thrilling topic to talk about. Uh, but the thing that uh, specifically he wants me to, to talk about and teach on is uh, there's a lot of ideas in the body of Christ about what that means, right? 
And a lot of people say things uh, that really aren't uh, accurate, amen, about how the Lord judges and when he judges. And, uh, and of course, you've got a lot of, uh, lot of different ways. Di- uh, uh, one of the overarching ideas in the Word of God is called dispensations. Uh, and a dispensation is really just different times and seasons about how the Lord uh, dealt with humanity. Uh, and so you go all the way from Adam and Eve. Well, he could deal with Adam and Eve differently than he could deal with us, right? Because uh, that was before the fall. Uh, and so how he dealt with them is a dispensation, right? And, uh, and then you've got the old covenant before Jesus uh, came to the earth. Well, that's a diff- uh, different dispensation, right? When the law was laid down. And then you've got Jesus coming to the earth and then uh, dying and shedding blood for us. Uh, and then the church began. Well, that's a different dispensation. And then at some point in time, this age will end, right? The church age will end. Uh, and uh, well, we will get a new heaven and a new earth. Well, that's the last dispensation we know about. What happens after that? I have no idea, right? Well, how come you don't know? The Bible doesn't say what it is, so we don't know. I, I do know this. It'll be good, amen? And so we don't have to know all the details, but it'll be good. Uh, and so primarily what we want to learn is, you know, what does that mean when, when you hear about judgment? What does that mean for us in the church, right? What does that mean for us? And so this is not a, a, a message to beat you up, right? I'm not going to use this message of, well, you all need to straighten up. That's not why we're here, amen? Uh, most people that are doing wrong already know they need to straighten up, amen? Uh, what, what happens a lot of times in the church, and I see this many times, is we use the Word of God a, as a club to beat you into submission, to, to make you straighten up. Uh, and you don't even know why you're doing it. You know, you're just doing it because I'm afraid to not do it. Uh, and, and, well, we shouldn't be doing things out of fear, Amen. Uh, you know, why do we serve the Lord? Do we, uh, do we serve the Lord because we're afraid he's going to beat us upside the head? No, we serve the Lord because he loves us. Because when we, when we understand what he's done for us, it's easy and the easiest thing in the world to serve him. When we really understand the, the cost of salvation and what he desires for us, that's why we serve him, because he loves us that much that he would do those things for us. We don't serve him because we're afraid of the judgment of the Lord. Amen? We need to know what the judgment of the Lord is so we can avoid it uh, and so we can live outside of the judgment of the Lord. Uh, and that's why we want to study this topic, amen? Uh, and so it's not here to beat you into submission. It's not here to, to, to condemn you. There is no condemnation, right? Uh, Romans chapter 8 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that, that, are, that are in Christ Jesus, amen? There's no condemnation as a child of God. Even if you make a mistake, there's still no condemnation. Condemnation comes from the enemy, there is conviction, right? Uh, conviction and condemnation are two different things. Condemnation is you're going to die and burn in hell. Amen? Well, we're not condemning you because if you're a child of God, you're on your way to heaven. What if you sin? You're still on your way to heaven. Amen? What if you sin a lot? You're still on your way to heaven. Amen? So are, is it okay to sin? No, it's the dumbest thing in the world to sin. Amen? Because you miss out on the blessings of the Lord. Amen? Uh, and so well, we're not trying to get away with as much as we can. Because there, there, are there ramifications to sin? There are ramifications to sin. But generally speaking, it's not your eternal destiny that's, that's up for question. Amen? It's, it's the quality of your life on this earth. Amen? Uh, and so we're going to start here. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. Because uh, this, this will be our foundation scripture for this message. And um, uh, we'll be here as long as we need to be here. I've got 23 pages of notes. I'm still not done studying. There's still some more things I've got to add to us. So I just ran out of time to, uh, to finish up uh, all the notes there. So uh, we'll be getting some new things just as they come right off the press. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, but here in First uh, Peter chapter 4, uh, let's start in verse 17. It says, For the time has come, the judgment must begin at the house of, of God. 
And if it first begin at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteousness scarcely be saved, in verse 18, where shall the ungodly in the sinner appear? So uh, the, the, the part that we want to talk about in this teaching here is for judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. So uh, does the Lord uh, ignore uh, problems in the church? Does the Lord ignore your sin? He does not ignore your sin, amen? Uh, judgment, judgment will begin at the house of the Lord. But most time when people think of judgment is you're all going to die and burn in hell. That's not, for the Christian, that's not the, the main issue that we need to talk about. Now, we, you need to go back on a Wednesday night a, f- a month or so ago. I don't remember what it is, so you don't have to listen to all the messages from the last six years to get it, but uh, it's online there somewhere. We talked in detail about uh, the, the sin unto death that First John chapter 5 talks about, right? There is a sin unto death for the church. Uh, and that, what that means is that uh, as a child of God, born again on your way to heaven right now, uh, it is possible uh, to actually lose your salvation and miss heaven. But it's pretty rare, and it's pretty hard to do. Now, it should not be a goal, amen, to see how, far, how close you can get to that, amen? Uh, but generally speaking, your average Christian trying to do, do the best they can, trying to live for God, trying to, trying to attend church and obey the word of God, it will never get close to the sin on the death. Amen. They just, it's primarily for the leadership in the church, those that, are, that the Lord has, has especially blessed in Revelation uh, and the powers of, of the supernatural that the Lord gives to the church on occasion. Uh, a, a lay person could get there, but it's really difficult to get there. You have to really try to get there. Amen. And it's not something you do by accident. Uh, it's not something you just do in a fit of rage. I'm angry one day because, you know, uh, the wife burned the biscuits and now you're on your way to hell. That's, that's not how you get there, amen? And so we're not going to spend so much time on that because that's not, uh, that's not the, the primary intent of, of uh, the, the discussion here. But just know that, uh, generally speaking, that as a child of God, you're not going to make a mistake one day and do, do some error that's in violation of the Word of God, which is a sin, and lose your salvation. It's just not going to happen, amen? Uh, and so... So is it okay to sin? No, it is not okay to sin, right? Uh, and I have to keep mentioning that because so many times people say, well, then you're saying it's okay to sin. It is not okay to sin, amen? Are there ramifications of sin? Yes, there are ramifications. And we, so what, what we need to do is find out for your average Christian, what does that mean, yeah. right? What does it mean when, when even if the Lord judges you in your sin, what does that mean for a Christian, amen? Does that mean you're going to lose your salvation? Well, no, it doesn't mean you're going to lose your salvation. So let's find out what the Word of God says. So uh, the, what I have observed is that many times people will oftentimes pick Old Testament verses out and lay that as a foundation for, for God's uh, dealing with us in the New Testament. Well, that's not how we do things, amen? Now, there are so many verses in the New Covenant that, that t- discuss this topic. Like I said, I've got 23 pages of notes. We're not going to go through all those. A lot of these are for my benefit, right? I go through and just looked at every single verse for example, that has the word cursed or cursed or something in the New Testament. Uh, and, and I'm not going to read all those verses up there. There's dozens of them. Uh, but what I'll, I'll tell you uh, what we find out from reading all those verses. Amen. Uh, and so, so let's find out what the Word of God says. So uh, as we do this, uh, we want to lay a, a groundwork a little bit first of, of let's talk about Old Testament judgment. Let's talk about judgment at the end of time. Uh, and so Old Testament judgment doesn't really apply to us, but we still need to understand what it is. The end of time will take care of itself, but we need to understand what that is too a little bit, and then we can get into, well, what does it mean for me today? Amen? And so just in the Old Covenant, we're, gonna go, we're not going to go back through and look at 
at all the stories in the Old Covenant, but there, there is a, a lot of, of uh, discussion in the Old Covenant. So let's turn back to uh, Exodus chapter 20. So one of the things that you hear about when it comes to judgment is uh, talking about curses, amen? And so we need to talk about uh, curses and what they are, and people think, well, I'm cursed because I sinned, uh, and, uh, and so I'm just dealing with these curses. And so uh, we'll, what we'll find out, I'll give you a little preview here, is curses are not a New Testament doctrine. Uh, you are not cursed under the New Covenant, and, and, uh, and we'll prove that from the Word of God, amen? Uh, and so, but a lot of people are, well, you're cursed, right? Because they put, pick out an Old Testament verse, right there, you're cursed. Okay, that's great. Doesn't apply to me, Amen. Uh, and we'll find out why that's true. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what I say. Let's find out what the Word of God says. Amen? Amen. And so, anybody ever heard the topic of generational curses? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're dealing with generational curses. Not a New Testament to, uh, topic. In fact, it's really not ever been a thing, right? It wasn't a thing in the Old Covenant. Uh, the, the, the concept of a generational curse, uh, and it, we'll read here in Exodus chapter 20, uh, in verse 5 here, it says, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, talking about idols, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. So this is in the middle of the Ten Commandments, as he's given the Ten Commandments here to, to, uh, uh, to Moses. Uh, and so uh, he said, uh, I am the Lord thy God, I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Of them, uh, uh, unto the third and fourth generation. And people put a period right there. Is there a period right there? Not a period right there. But that's what they say. See? Generation of curses. Uh, to, the, to the third and fourth generation, if, you're, if your granddaddy sinned or, or your great-granddaddy sinned uh, and you're dealing with problems because you got a generational curse. Uh, and, and, and too bad, right? It's not even your fault. It's some other guy's fault, right? Well, what'd you do? Nothing. Uh, well, well, what's going on? I'm cursed. Well, why are you cursed? Because that guy did something. Well, that sounds really fair, doesn't it? Uh, but no, what, what does the end of that verse say? Uh, uh, unto the children of the third and fourth generation of them that what? Hate me. So uh, you ever seen people, generational people, who the, the granddaddy hates God, the daddy hates God, the children hate God, the grandkids hate God, everybody hates God? Well, uh, they will all remain in that, and of course, you know, uh, it's not a New Testament Christian thing, but uh, outside the church, you know, they live under the, uh, under the authority of the enemy of God. Uh, but uh, in the Old Covenant, even in the Old Covenant, it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, a fact that if your father sinned, that you were cursed. Because it says right there, the only way that it would apply to you as a child is if you also hated God like your father did. Well, that's a kind of big prerequisite, right? If your dad hated God, but you kind of love God, you'd love to serve God, well, are you, are you cursed then? No, you're not cursed. You're not, you're not qualified for this curse. So there's not even a generational curse. It's only a generational curse if, if you're all terrible people. Well, then, you know, it doesn't matter who the terrible person is. That person was cursed under the Old Covenant. But if the next person was not a terrible person, if the next generation was not a, a terrible generation, then they, they would be okay. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, so first of all, the foundation for generational curses isn't even biblical because they always leave off the last phrase of that verse, of them that hate me, which is kind of a, the whole point of why the curses would come to those who hate God. Amen? Uh, and so just, just to reiterate that, if you go over to or, or to uh, solidify that statement, Turn over to the prophet Ezekiel, to his book, uh, Ezekiel chapter 18. And he, and he kind of puts a nail in the coffin of this, of this whole topic here, right? Uh, he says here, 
uh, it, uh, we've got several verses we're going to read here in verse eight, chapter 18. Let's start in verse 17. Uh, it says, Thou hast taken off his hand from the poor. Thou hast not received usury or increase, hath executed my judgments, hath walked in my statutes. He shall not die for the iniquity of his father. He shall surely live. So he's telling us if this child has not taken his hand off the poor, right? So if he's still helping the poor, if he hasn't received usury or, or increase, taken advantage of the poor financially, uh, if, he hasn't, uh, if he's executed the judgments of the Lord, in other words, just the word of God, if he's walked in his statutes and followed his word, he will not die for the iniquity of his father. He shall surely live. Well, that negates what people were saying from Exodus chapter 20, doesn't it? Because so Exodus 20, they stopped at the phrase, uh, for them that hate me. And they said that uh, if you're cursed, then three and four generations down the line cursed. But it says right here that if your daddy uh, was in sin, if your, dad, if your father was in iniquity or sin, but you weren't, then you don't get cursed. So generational curses are not a thing. But uh, you ever heard that phrase? You ever heard people preach on that? Oh, yeah, general. And then they, then they have uh, 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 part of the reason why they do that is because then they can have deliverance services, right? I'm going to deliver everybody who's under a generational curse right now. Well, first of all, if you're a child of God, you're not even under a curse at all. Yeah. Amen. In the New Testament, there's no curses for the child of God at all. Amen. A child of, uh, of the living God as a Christian is not applicable today. Yeah. Amen. Uh, and so, so if you hear somebody preaching on that, they're just working up the crowd. Amen. It's unfortunate they do that, though. Because they, they, it preaches great. Oh, you're under a generation of curses. You, your car breaks down and your, your cat explodes and, you know, your house gets burned down. and You're under a generational curse. Come up here, I'll pray for you and God will deliver you. That preaches great, doesn't it? No Bible for it, but it preaches great. People come up crying. Oh, God, just get this curse off me. It's, uh, and then everybody's slobbering. And, and it's, it, 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 it's great theater. Amen. It's great for show. It's not biblical at all. Uh, and, and have you seen it? I've seen it, right? Been there, done that, you know? We were over, in, in fact, we were, my, my pastor was preaching on this in 1997 in Africa. Uh, you know, these, these very verses right here. Uh, and t- telling the people of Africa that generous curses aren't a thing. And, and the interpreter hated it so much, he, he changed the message. He would not preach what the pastor was preaching because he's like, well, you know, because he was just five seconds before he was preaching to his people, all you all cursed, right? Every one of you cursed. And so this, this, this guy from America comes and says, you are not cursed, right? Well, we can't have that because I get to control my people if I tell you all curse and you got to come to me to get out from under the curse. Well, that's great. Not biblical. Amen. Because he said, didn't he say right there? He shall surely live. Right? He shall not die for the iniquity of his father. Uh, I didn't write that. That's what the Eze- Eze- prophet Ezekiel said. Uh, and it says in verse 19, Yet say you why, doth not the Son bear the iniquity of the Father? When the Son hath done that which is lawful and right, and hath kept all my statutes, and, and hath done them, he shall surely live. He said in verse 20, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Now we're still in the old covenant, right? But we're wanting to get settled here uh, about, you know, who, who's even qualified for these things. Amen? Uh, the soul, it, so in other words, you're responsible for your own sin. You, uh, uh, the people that, uh, that you bear in this life are not responsible for your sin. Uh, and so people say, well, then why, why do I struggle so much? Well, you know, we'll get to some of those things as we go along. Amen. But see, a lot of times uh, people will say, well, you're under a generational curse. And that implies there's really nothing you can do about it unless you go find a guru or somebody that's especially endowed with some supernatural authority to break that, break that curse over you, right? Well, there's no curse to begin with. Amen. 
And so don't let people, there are, anybody ever deal with problems in life? Like constant problems? Amen? You know, I could talk to anybody for five minutes. I could tell you probably why you're, if you've got constant problems in your life, like constant sickness, constant, you know. I mean, some people, uh, it, uh, I was thinking about somebody the other day, something happened, and I'm thinking, that's the kind of life they live. It's, it's something like that's always going on, right? The car explodes, right? Uh, you know, uh, the, the, the dog gets eaten by a wolf or something. Like, you know, things like that don't happen to me. Amen? But some people, that happen to them every day. Like every day, it's just, it's just the most amazing story. Well, why is that? Well, there's, there's reasons for that. If I could talk to you for five, I could tell you why, right? Uh, and so, but it's not a generational curse. A lot of times people just accept it. Well, that's just my lot in life to bear. No, you fight it with faith. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I was telling you, and this happened just again the other day, some, some little thing happened, right? Uh, and, and I like stubbed my toe or something, you know, working, uh, uh, working during the day, and, and, and it happened like twice. And I said, stop it. Because I, I don't live that way. I don't live where just bad things happen to me all the time. If they start happening to me, then, then I'm going to get understanding, Lord, why is this happening to me? And you know what he's never going to say? It's a generational curse. Too bad. <laughs> he's going to say, well, what you said the other day, that brought that on to you, right? What you did the other day, that opened the door for the devil to come and do things to you. Amen? Uh, but, but one thing we'll find out for the church, we are never cursed. Even if you sin, you are not cursed. And, and again, we're, gonna, we're working our way up to that, right? So... You know, I don't believe it. Well, that's fine. You'll see, we'll see what the Word says. Amen? And then if you still don't believe it, well, that's not my problem. Amen? Uh, and so he said, uh, uh, continuing reading there in verse 20, the Son shall not bear the iniquity of the Father, neither shall the Father bear the iniquity of the Son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. See, that sounds pretty fair, right? It seems completely unfair that a son who did nothing wrong has to bear the iniquity of the Father. That seems completely unjust. A just and holy God. Why would he do that? I'm just mad at him. I can't get over it. I mean, that sounds like, you know, that sounds like something we would do. Amen? But it says right there that the, that the son uh, is not responsible for his father's sin, and the father's not responsible for his son's sin. Amen? He said in, the, uh, in verse 21, But if the wicked will turn from his sins that he hath committed, and keep all my statutes, and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live, he shall not die. So he even gives the wicked a way out. Amen? Some people say, well, he's wicked. There's nothing you can do about it. No, you can literally turn from your, from your uh, sins right now. Amen? Which, which is the definition of repentance. Amen? Right. Repent from your sins, turn away from them, and follow the law of God, and all will be well. He said, you shall surely live, you shall not die. So we've got to get out of this mindset of, of uh, generational curses. You know, we, uh, I mean, that's about all we need to say about that. We're not going to say a whole lot more about that. Uh, but I just wanted to kind of set the groundwork because curses are often uh, 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 associated with the judgment of God. Well, I've done something wrong. You know, now I'm cursed because I've done this wrong. Well, uh, again, that, that's not applicable to the New Testament church. Amen. We are not, even if you sin as a New Testament Christian, you are not cursed. Uh, and so, so let's, talk about, uh, let's talk about the law of God. Right? Amen. So let's go back to uh, we're not going to read all of it, but let's go back to the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, chapter, we'll start in chapter 28. We're going to go to some other chapters after that. So usually when you talk about blessing and curses, this is a good summary chapter, right? There, it's mentioned many other places in the Word of God, but these are good summary chapters. We're not going to, again, read the whole thing, uh, but we need to get an understanding of, of how uh, these curses come, why they came. And, uh, uh, and, and, and then once we understand that, 
See, then we'll understand why it doesn't apply to us uh, in the new covenant. So here in, in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, let's just start at verse 1. It says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. So anytime you see the word if, uh, that means that it may happen, it may not happen, right? Uh, and, and anytime you see the word if uh, between uh, the covenant that God has with us and with him, whose side is that word if applied to? It applies to us. It doesn't apply to the Lord, right? The, the, you never hear the Lord saying, well, if I feel like it, I'll bless you. But if I don't feel like it, I won't bless you. Well, well then the Lord may he bless you, he may not, he may not bless you, right? So you, you don't know, amen? It's 50-50. But you won't find that with the Lord. What you'll find is the if's always on our side. Because he said, if who? If thou. Well, what's the, what's the King James thou? Who's that talking about? It's about you, right? Uh, and so... If you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all of his commandments, which are commanded this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. And, and he's, then he starts talking about all the blessings, right? So now, is this something that we should aspire to, right? Should we aspire to keeping uh, and observing all the commandments of the Lord? Well, sure. Walk in love, right? Do no sin. Don't, uh, you know, you love your brethren. Love the Lord, uh, right? Do his word. Be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. I mean, there's a lot of things that the Lord tells us to do, right? Not just old covenant things, but a lot of new covenant things, right, that he tells us to do. Uh, and so we should, we should diligently try to do those things, amen? And we should diligently do them, not just try to do them. Sometimes, you know, when I say try, I mean, you know, a good faith effort, right? Somebody go, oh, I try, I try. What'd you do? Nothing. I mean, I just, you know, I, I thought about trying, and I actually didn't actually try. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people, when they say they, they tried, uh, in fact, uh, the Lord gave me another message, uh, it, it's on a post-it note right now, you know, how bad do you want it, right? And, and that may, uh, and, and it's going to be a good message, right? Uh, that'll be about 20 pages of notes right there too, right? And so a lot of Christians, you know, you say, you know, how, how, you know, how much did you pray to get through that thing? Well, I thought about praying once. That's it? You just thought about praying? You didn't actually pray? No. How many hours did you pray? Well, well not any, right? Not even one hour? No. So you didn't try, you know, you pray, for, you pray for an hour, you pray for eight hours, and then come talk to me, right? And if you, if, if you pray for eight hours solid, and, and, you know, people have. And there's been times this season I've prayed for hours to get through things. I mean, uh, over months, uh, you know, hours at a time, over months at a time to get through things in my life uh, and then find the victory, amen? That's trying, amen? Uh, uh, saying, uh, you know, uh, well, we won't go into that too much there, but... Uh, uh, we, need to, we need to observe and do the commandments of the Lord, right? We should desire, you know, as a child of God, your desire should be, I want to do what the Lord wants me to do. It should be as simple as that. And if you read the Word of God and you're not doing it, your reaction should be, well, Lord, I need to do that. That should be your response. Instead of going, how do I get out from doing that? You know, I, I question people's salvation if they're always trying to not do the Word. Always, right? I mean, some people, they read the Word of God, walk in love. Well, I can't, well, I can't love them. Well, I can't love them. Uh, you know, I can't do this, I can't do that. Well, well why are you trying to get out of the Word of God? Do, do, were you ever actually saved? I mean, I'm not your judge, right? I'm not, uh, uh, if you tell me you're saved, I'm going to believe you're saved. But if, uh, if your testimony is, I never do the Word of God, I always don't do the Word of God, I don't want to do the Word of God, are you actually saved? I don't know. You know, that's between you and the Lord Jesus, but I'd question that, amen? Uh, I think most Christians, I really believe most Christians are, are, want to do the will of God want to do the Word of God. And so, uh, and I, I know there's a wide variety of how successful they are in that, right? Some people are not very successful doing the Word of God. 
And so people are very successful at doing the Word of God. Uh, and so uh, he says uh, that this is our goal, right? We should do the, uh, whatever the commandments the Lord commands us to do. Now, this is Old Covenant, right? But there's still plenty of commandments in the New Testament, right? Uh, love your neighbor yourself. I mean, there's a lot, of, a lot of things the Lord instructed us in the epistles to do these things, right? Do not give place to the devil. and Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't steal. Uh, there's a lot of things he tells us to do. Uh, and so you could apply the commandments to really anything the Lord's instructed us to do, uh, not just Old Covenant uh, law. And he said, if you do those things, verse 2, all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And then we love to quote these next verses, right? From uh, verse 3 down to about uh, verse 12 or so, or down to about verse 13 or, or 14 or so. Uh, and we're not going to read all of them, but blessed thou shalt be in the city, blessed shalt thou be in the field, blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, the fruit of thy ground, the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, the flocks of the sheep, blessed shall be thy basket and thy store, blessed shall be thou when thou comest in, blessed shall be when thou goest out. So, and, and he continues on all the, for the rest of the verses. So are these good things? Don't, don't we want these things? Don't we want to be blessed everywhere we go? Blessed means to be prosperous, happy, right? Uh, full of life. Uh, it's a big word. If you look up the definition of the word blessed, it's, it's a lot of, you know, because it's all-encompassing. It's basically everything is good in your life. Everything, your health, your, your thought life, uh, your finances, everything is good if you're blessed of God. Well, that would be something we would want to aspire to, right? Uh, and so, uh, so we like all those things, amen? We want all these things. Uh, and, we des- and is there anything wrong with desiring these things? Nothing wrong with desiring these things. Who promised us these things? The Lord did. If he did, then that's his will. He's expressing his desire for the people of God. I desire to bless you. I desire to be good to you everywhere you go. I desire to bless you when you go out the door. I desire to bless you when you come in the door. I desire to bless you when you're, when you're sitting in the city limits. I desire when you're out in the country. I desire to bless you everywhere you go. Well, I'm a country person. That's great. The Lord desires to bless you. I don't like the city people. Well, he desires to bless the city people too, right? Uh, and so it doesn't matter. He des- wherever you are, that's where he wants to bless you. Amen? Wherever you're going, in or out, that's where he wants to bless you. Is that what he says? No, that, and, and so uh, one of the things we'll find out in, uh, as we go on is the, the Lord's never redeemed us from the blessings of the law. As we're reading the, the blessings of the law, we see any blessing in the old covenant we can say well that belongs to me because it belongs to you right we, we are children of abraham as uh, faith children of abraham and so if there's a blessing of abraham which is what all the law is the covenant of abraham then it belongs to me and so uh, as you read the word of god especially in the old covenant look for blessings and you know that belongs to me all these blessings belong to me well well i'm not there well then let's find out how to get there amen is the Lord cursing you to keep you from getting there? No, he's not cursing you. And then we come down to verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe, to do all of his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. So uh, he said, it's good to pursue the, the commandments of the Lord and do them, uh, and if you do, you get all these blessings. But if you choose not to pursue the commandments of the Lord, in fact, you violate the commandments of the Lord, then all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. And then he starts a list, right? In fact, the list here, if you go through them, I wrote it down somewhere. Where's it? There's 27 blessings and there's 87 curses. Amen? Because the devil is just a bad devil, right? And he's going to outdo God as best he can. So there's more than three times as many uh, curses as, as there are blessings. Amen? Uh, and in fact, I got a note, note there. There's 3.2 times as many curses there are blessings. In case you want to know to one decimal place how many there are, 
Uh, and so he starts. In verse 16, Cursed shall thou be in a city, cursed shall thou be in the field. Well, that sounds just like the blessings except the opposite world. Amen. Uh, Bless shall thou, uh, cursed shall thou be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body, the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind, the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shall they be when thou comest in, cursed shall they be when thou goest out. And again, you continue on all the way down. I mean, that, those, those, these curses go all the way down to about verse 61 or so. Actually, no, all the way down to verse 68 is number 87, in case you were wondering. Uh, and so we're not going to read all of those, but you get the idea. You don't do what the word says, curse, curse shall you be, right? Everywhere you go and everything you have is cursed. Uh, and so, and there's people going, yeah, that sounds just like me. Well, the problem is you're, you're unqualified to receive these curses, and yet people still, a lot of times, their life looks like a curse. Amen? Uh, and, and so one of the things we've got to understand, first of all, are we in the Old Covenant or New Covenant? We're, we're, we live in the New Covenant, but we're talking about verses out of the Old Covenant, right? And so uh, <clears throat> when, when I was reading this one day, and the Lord just spoke to me about these verses. He said, you know, people read these curses from the standpoint of this is punishment from me if they don't do these things. He said that's, that's entirely the wrong uh, mindset to have when you're reading the Old Testament law. Because in the Old Testament, that's before the cross came, right? Who, who was the legal God of this world? Who had legal authority to operate in this world uh, out, other than God? The devil did, right? He had a legal authority to operate in the earth because of uh, he took that authority from Adam, right? You go to Luke chapter 4, uh, the devil says, well, I, you know, I have all this authority and it was, because it was delivered to me. Well, who delivered him the authority to operate in the earth? The, the, Adam did, right? By sinning in the garden, Adam delivered the authority that was given to him because the Lord said, you have dominion over the whole earth. And then he sinned and he gave that authority to the devil because of his sin. And now the devil's got the dominion over the earth. Now today, fast forward, right? He doesn't have dominion over, over the earth now because Jesus said in, in Matthew 28, 18, that all authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Right. So, so he took it back from him. But between uh, Adam's failure and the, the work of the cross, the devil had legal authority on the earth. And so if you did anything to... Now, now uh, that was true for, the whole, uh, for all of humanity until Abraham came along and the Lord said, hey, I'd like to have a covenant, a special covenant with people. And if you'll, if you'll have a covenant with me, it's your choice. I can't make you do it. But if you'll have a covenant with me, I will protect you. You will be under my protection. Right? Even though you're in the middle of, of a legal situation where the devil has, has, has the right privilege uh, to operate in the earth, if, if a man chooses to have a covenant with me, I will give him special uh, coverage and protection from the work of the enemy. Now, if you violate my covenant, get outside of my covenant, so there's really nothing I can do. And that's what the Lord is, is telling the children of Israel here is be careful not to violate my covenant because the devil has a legal right to curse you, and he will. So don't do it. It's a warning. It's not a threat of punishment from God. It's a warning of getting on the devil's territory. Now, there's still old covenant, right? We need to make sure that we, 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 we emphasize that that this situation of the blessings are inside the covenant of God and the curses come when you violate the covenant of God and get outside of the, his covenant by violating his, his commandments and now there's a threat of the enemy will, has a legal right to, to do things to you. And so that's the situation of the old covenant. 
So anytime you read about the curses in the Old Covenant, note, note that it's a warning from the Lord of don't get off outside of my covenant because it won't be good for you. It's not safe for you to get out there. there there's terror out there and there's curses out there. Don't go out there and do that because here's what they are. And he gives you a list of them, right? And he talks about sickness and disease and poverty and lack and, and, and dangerous things that occur outside of his covenant. And so be warned, don't do these things. So and that, now that's great. Now that should have kept the nation of Israel safe until the Lord Jesus came, of course, but they tried their best to get out from under the covenant, right? I mean, they, were really, uh, they really worked hard to violate the covenant of God multiple times, amen? amen? But what you find is anytime they stayed within the covenant of God, they were blessed beyond measure, amen? Nobody could touch them. No army could harm them, right? No, no, uh, no defeat was, uh, was brought into their land when they stayed with the covenant of God. Amen? As soon as they got outside the covenant of God, death and destruction everywhere. Uh, but inside the covenant of God, uh, blessing and prosperity. Uh, and so, so, we know, so we know for that part of it that for us, those same blessings belong to us. Amen? If we go back and find these blessings, well, all, all these blessings belong to you. Everywhere you go, coming in, going out, city, country, everywhere, you're blessed. Or you have a right to be blessed, but you, you have to access that by faith, amen? You have to choose to believe that these verses are so, and then it becomes active in your life. If you've never heard this before, then you've never applied faith to it, so that may be why you're missing out on it. Uh, if you've heard about it before and don't believe it, then you're still missing out on it, amen? It's you have to have heard it before and choose to believe it, and then it can start being active in your, in your life, amen? Uh, and so, so let, let's turn over to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 22 and look at one thing here. So, uh, so this is... Uh, now, uh, this is part of the law, right? So the law was, you do these things, uh, and all is well, but uh, if, you, if you don't do some things, you know, then punishment will come upon you. Uh, and so uh, here in verse 22, I just want to pick out one example because uh, it's important to understand how the Lord operates. So here in, uh, this is Deuteronomy 22, these are laws of marriage, right? And there's a whole chapter uh, on the laws of marriage. Uh, and, but we want to pick out one particular verse here because it, it, it illustrates what, the point we're trying to get across. He said, if a man be found lying with a woman married to a husband, uh, and then they both, uh, then both of them, uh, then they shall both of them die, both the man that lay with the woman and the woman, so that they shall both, uh, so shalt thou put away evil from Israel. So what's he talking about? Adultery, right? So this is the law of adultery. So if you commit adultery, under the old covenant, if you're found lying with a woman married to another, to another man, that's adultery. And, uh, and the punishment is both of them die, right? Uh, and the usual method of killing these people was by stoning them, amen? They could have done it many ways, but for some reason, you know, we really like stoning. Okay, well then stone them. Uh, and so that, that was the general method for, for killing people that violated this law, right? So the law was, if you're married, stay married, right? If you, if you go sleep around with another married person, well, then death to you, right? That's what the law was. Now, was that, uh, was that what the, the law said, right? Who, uh, who's writing this? Who wrote the book of Deuteronomy? Anybody know? Moses, Moses wrote it, right? The Lord gave them supernaturally uh, this law. Uh, and, and so, so the, that was the law of, of Israel. Uh, and so, now, in this case, this was punishment, right? This was not a curse, but this was punishment for your infractions specifically here. So, and, and the reason why we know this is because uh, we've got to ask the question, is this an absolute law? That if you commit adultery, you are to be put to death. 
Well, that's a, a tricky $64 or, or catch-22 question, right? Uh, because no, everybody want to answer the question? You know, uh, well, I'll, I'll give you a, a quick answer for that. No, it wasn't absolute. None of these laws were absolute. Well, why is that? Well, because if you go forward and look at other stories, look at examples, how many people in the Old Covenant committed adultery that we have record of? Lots of people. I mean, it's amazing we ever made it at all through, through the Old Covenant, right? Uh, you know, you, you read the Old Covenant, it's like, man, Lord, how did, we, how did we survive as humanity until the Lord Jesus got here? It's a miracle that we even made it, amen? Uh, the, the crazy things people did. I mean, you go look at the, go read the stories of the kings after Solomon. And they're murderers and liars and thieves. And I mean, there's the worst people in humanity. I mean, Solomon, you know, wasn't much better toward the end of his life. Uh, but the point of it is, this was the law. Right? This was the rule of Israel that if you committed adultery, you were to be stoned. But then if you go through the, the scriptures, and let's pick one, one well-known example, uh, what did King David do? He committed adultery. Who did he commit adultery with? Bathsheba, right? He, uh, it, it, uh, we're not going to go through the whole story there. We can go through it if you really want to. But, you know, the, the, the Bible says uh, in, in the time of the year when it was time for kings to go to war, you know, there was a time that they went to war, right? Like, like, like January, that's cold. We don't, we don't do war. Uh, springtime, oh, it's getting warm, guys. You want to go? Yeah, let's go to war. Uh, and so, like, so there was times they went to war and the times when they didn't, right? I mean, it's just like, it seems kind of weird, but, you know, that's the way it was. Uh, and so it was usually a warm time, right, uh, when it was convenient. Is it convenient to go to war? Not right now. You know, the game's on. Like, okay, we'll do it after the game. Uh, and so, so, but he should have gone to war. He was the king, right? He should have been leading the army. He was staying back. And then Bathsheba was there, you know, being all naked and everything. And, and uh, he got to uh, looking where he ought not be looking and, and ended up committing adultery and then ended up having uh, her husband, you know, murdered. Uh, and, and so, uh, well, I didn't kill him. Well, you intentionally put him on the front lines of uh, right up against that wall. Go attack that wall of the, of the city, uh, the walled city, uh, and then make sure he's in front. And then when he's in front, everybody else back off. And then he died. Like, oh, I don't know why he died. I mean, he just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't my fault, right? But, but David, he, he set it up that way to kill her husband because uh, before that, uh, you know, before that, he was like, hey, husband, you know, you're a general, but come on, you know, come, you know, take some time off, go, go spend some time with the wife because he was hoping that if he come home, spend some time with the wife, then she'd be, if she got pregnant, then it'd be like, oh, it wasn't me. It's got, got to be the husband because they didn't have, you know, DNA tests back then, right? And so he was trying to get that set up, and, and the man who had more character than David is like, I'm not, man, people are at war. I'm not sleeping with my wife, you know, and, and taking time off. I'm going to go to war. And so he couldn't even get the guy to, to take any time off. He, he's like, well, I'm a general. I've got to go to war. And so David basically had him killed, right? And so, so he said, well, you know, now that he's dead, I mean, you know, I'm going to marry Bathsheba. I mean, you know, she's a widow, so it's okay to marry her now. Uh, and then, of course, Nathan came. Nathan the prophet, remember, came, Nathan, and he came and told him a story. David is a story. This rich man, you know, uh, 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 and he had a guest coming in, uh, and, and uh, he wanted to, to kill him, uh, uh, make a, a nice uh, lamb chops for him. But instead of using his own, his own lamb, his own sheep, he went and, and stole uh, a lamb from a poor guy to feed, the, feed his guest. And David says, terrible, you know, off with his head. And Nathan said, uh, you're the guy. You're the guy, right? You're the one who did that, right? Uh, and of course, you know, it's a, it's a long and involved story. The, the point of the story is, what was, uh, did David, there was ramifications for David, right? 
I mean, he had to suffer with a lot of uh, infighting in, in his household because of that, uh, that went on for centuries, really. Uh, but he himself was not stoned or killed. Well, why not? Because the Lord chose to have mercy. And, and here's the thing about the Old Testament law, is even though the Lord said, here's the law, he said, I always reserve mercy to myself. If I choose to have mercy, I will choose to have mercy. Even though you violated the law and you were guilty, see, mercy, the whole point of mercy is I acknowledge you're guilty, I choose to not punish you. That's mercy, right? Mercy is not like, oh, you're not guilty. That's justification. That's a whole different topic, right? Mercy is, yeah, you're guilty of sin, I choose not to punish you according to the law. Well, we're thankful for mercy, right? Because uh, mercy has to acknowledge guilt. Amen? Uh, mercy is not the overlooking of guilt or the, or the removal of the guilt. Ner mercy, by its very nature, is the acknowledging of your guilt and saying, I choose not to punish you. So even the Old Testament law was not absolute. Amen? Now, was it, was it smart to violate it? No, because David, you know, lost his child, right? Bathsheba to get pregnant, he lost a child, right? Well, did the Lord kill it? No, sin killed it. Amen. His sin killed that child. Amen. Now the Lord, now David did pray and fast for, for the Lord's mercy because he said, I don't know, maybe the Lord will have mercy on the child. But the Lord chose not to have mercy. He just left it alone, right? Took his hands off it and, and the devil killed that child. The sin killed the child. <clears throat> and so, uh, uh, and then after, after the fact, you know, David went on uh, from that point. Uh, amen. Uh, and so, so the, the, the point of, of this, of this uh, discussion here is that even though the law said that an adulterer was to be stoned, there's plenty of cases, and you go, you go all the way up to when Jesus, remember Jesus, uh, when, um, and in fact, we got a few minutes here, turn over to John chapter 8. So when Jesus was on the earth before the cross, the old covenant was still, uh, was still, um, still active, right? They were still under the old covenant until the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. So when Jesus was, was preaching here in the Gospels, he's still preaching from a standpoint of the old covenant, Amen. Uh, he, he didn't come the way to, to, to violate the Old Covenant, right? He came to fulfill the Old Covenant. Uh, and so here in John chapter 8, it says in verse, uh, verse 1, Jesus went up into the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and, sat, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. Now remember what the law said, who was supposed to be killed? The man and the woman. Well, where's the man? They just brought the woman, right? I don't know, but I suspect that he was in, the man was in on it, right? The Pharisees got together and said, hey, you go get that woman to, to commit adultery with you. And then, you know, we got, we got someone setting up there. And it's like, the man's like, really? You're going to let me do that for free? Yeah, oh, yeah, do that. Uh, and so the man's like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. <clears throat> no punishment for me. Yeah, no punishment for you. Uh, and so I'd encourage you as men, don't take that deal, right? It's not going to work out good for you. Uh, and so, but this man took the deal. I mean, whoever he was, he took the deal. Uh, and so they, they got, but they got the woman because she, she, uh, uh, she, she's uh, a lot more sympathetic subject than the man would be, right? Because men be like, yeah, stone them all. But the women's like, you know, you kind of feel bad stoning a woman. I mean, you know, just something about it. You just, and so they, that's why they brought the woman there to really work up the whole emotional situation here. And they said unto him, master, this woman was taken adultery in the very act. Well, who's the, the creepy guys looking through the window, right? How'd they know she was in the very act if they weren't, if they were, you know, creepy, right? Creepers. Uh, and so, uh, you know, they should have been, something should have happened to them, amen? Uh, uh, there's not a creeper law that I know of in the Old Covenant, but there should be one, right? Uh, caught in the very act. 
Now, Moses and the law, we just read it, right? Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. What sayest thou? Now, Jesus could have said a lot of things, right? He could have said, well, David wasn't stoned. You know, uh, a lot of the patriarchs weren't stoned, you know. I mean, he could have given a whole list of people who weren't stoned. Solomon, uh, I don't know if Solomon committed adultery or not, but uh, uh, he had 700 wives and uh, 300 concubines, you know. Is that adultery? I don't know. It, so- it just sounds wrong, though, right? <laughs> and, and so, uh, and so uh, uh, but that's the law, right? And so Jesus could have, he could have made the case that, well, the Lord can choose to have mercy if he wants to, right? But then it had been a big doctrinal issue, right? It had been a big fight. Well, yeah, but the law says that. Well, he had mercy. Yeah, but, you know, you can't say the... I mean, it had been a big, you know... Uh, if they really cared, you could have just said, well, David wasn't stoned, and that would have been the end of the discussion. But no, they would, they would have still fought the, the thing, right? Fought the whole uh, fight there about, well, he sh- they should still be stoned. Uh, and so, so what did he do? Uh, they, this, they said, they're tempting him uh, that they might, ha- might have to accuse him. And we've talked about this before. What, what was the temptation? What were they trying to accuse him of? They were tempting him that he would say, stone her, so that it could accuse him to the Roman government. Because the Roman government, when they took over Israel, they said, you guys just do your law, we don't care, just do whatever, you know, you want to not eat meat, fine, you want to have the Sabbath, fine, we don't care, just, you know, just do whatever you want to do. But you can't kill anybody. That's for us. That we, we reserve capital punishment to us. You do whatever else you want to, you want to stone, you want to whip them, fine, whip them all day long, we don't care, no problem. But stoning them to death, we reserve that, and so you, if you, are, you will be in violation of Roman law if you if you kill somebody. Uh, and so that's what they were doing. They were setting up Jesus to catch 22 because if he said, well, we, we can't do the law because of Roman. Oh, you, you love Rome more than you love God. Or, or if he said, oh, oh yeah, let's go ahead and stone her. And they go, oh, Romans, he's stoning people. He's doing it, right? He started it. So that it, was a, it was kind of a catch 22, right? Uh, and so he, could, he couldn't say don't do it. He couldn't say do do it because... Uh, the, they would have accused him to the Romans, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so what did he do? He stooped down with his finger, wrote on the ground uh, as though he heard them not. And, and the, the 64 other questions, what was he writing? We have no idea. He's probably writing losers. I'm so tired of dealing with these people, you know. Uh, we don't, but we don't know what he was writing, right? Uh, and so, uh, uh, but what was, he, what was he really doing? He's waiting on the Lord. You know, there's nobody smarter than the Holy Ghost. You want to get you out of a, out of a catch-22? Holy Ghost got the best answer in the world. Amen. Amen? What's the answer? I don't know. He'll tell you when you need to hear it. Amen? And so, uh, so he wrote down uh, uh, whatever he wrote down there and said, verse 7, So when they continued asking him, he lifted up and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. So what did he say? Yeah, lost a stoner, stone her. But you got to start. Who's ever without sin, you've got to start. And of course, they're, they're super religious. Would any super religious person say that they commit no sin? No, no, there's no sin. Now, there are groups of people I do believe, who actually believe they don't commit any sins. Like, wow, you're really impressive. You're lying, but you're also really impressive. Amen? Uh, and so, he said, he that is well as sin. So, uh, verse 7, perfect answer. You can't get a more perfect answer than that. Because it, it, it plays on their, on their religious standpoint, right? On being super zealous and religious for the Lord, but also on their, uh, on, on their, uh, uh, their desire to never, never say that they're righteous and without sin. Uh, and so uh, he put them in a catch-22. Uh, and, of course, we know uh, what happened after that was 
that uh, they left one by one. And then it says at the verse 10, and when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, woman, where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee, right? Remember we talked about condemnation, hath no man condemned thee. And she said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Now see, he's still operating under the old covenant. Amen. He's still operating under the law that says you've got to be stoned. But he also knows that he has a right to, to grant mercy if he chooses to. And it says, so what he's saying is, I choose to grant you mercy. I acknowledge your sin, right? Because what did he say? Go and what? Sin no more. So he didn't say, well, you didn't really commit adultery. You didn't really mean it. You know, it wasn't really sin, you know. And that's what you hear a lot of times in the pulpit today. You know, sin's not really sin. It's sin, right? Sin it just means missing the mark. Amen? Whatever the mark the Lord puts down, here's, how, here's an opera, here's how to live. If you miss that, if you, if you vary from that, then that's sin. And so Jesus said, yeah, yeah you've sinned. I'm going to choose to have mercy on you. Just like I did with David. Just like I did with many of the people in the Old Covenant. The law does state that. But see, the law was written down there, if you go to the book of Galatians, well, why did he write that if they'd ever enforced it? Because if you don't write it down, people are going to go, well, I just do whatever I want to. And so the law was written there to, to basically try to keep them alive long enough for the Lord Jesus to get into the earth. Because uh, when, they, when they got out of their sin, they, they would uh, get out onto the devil's territory. And the devil would have a legal right on the Old Covenant to curse them and to kill them all. And the Lord's like, I need at least one guy to make it to Jesus, right? Because we've got a bloodline here. We're trying to, we're trying to get to the, the king of the earth, into the earth uh, through, through the bloodline of Israel. Uh, and so uh, you all keep sinning and keep getting eaten up by the earth. Uh, we're going to lay down some laws and rules and regulations to, to keep you alive long enough, right? If you do these things, you'll stay alive. If you don't do these things, you're going to get cursed anyway. And so just know here, here's the deal. And, but then if you get people who just, who just flagrantly violating the law, then the Lord's like, well, then that person's got to go. And that's the way he set up the Old Covenant because the Old Covenant was there to, to keep them alive until the coming of the Lord Jesus. And if there were people who were doing everything they can to ruin that, then and the, under the Old Covenant, the Lord said, you know, you need to leave the earth. And that's why he instituted a lot of capital punishment, different things. There was a lot of capital punishment in the Old Covenant law. And it was, to, it was to hinder them, the purpose of it was to hinder them from desiring to commit unlimited sin. And so, but even today, we have, do we have capital punishment in our society? The, the, the purpose of it is supposed to be a deterrent that if you do these heinous things, these terrible things, you will leave this earth. And you know, there's a lot of, a lot of disagreement about capital punishment. Uh, but again, uh, the, the idea is that some people don't need to be on the earth. Amen. They're, they've committed themselves to sin and harming uh, other people to the point that, that their choices have made them a, a menace to society that they, they need to remove, be removed off the earth. And you can agree with that idea or don't agree with that idea, but that's the, that's the intent, right? We don't do a very good job of it because if somebody is, uh, gets the death penalty in our society... We, we will feed them and clothe them for 20 years, and then maybe, you know, they'll be executed, right? Uh, and so, you know, it, uh, again, I, we're not here to talk about our society, but that's the whole point of it, right? The whole point of, of the, the... Now, the, these weren't curses, right? The, the, the infraction against uh, 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 the adultery there uh, for being stoned was a punishment, right? 
but you could still be cursed beyond that, right? If you happen to live long enough, you would still, all those other curses would come upon you from Deuteronomy 28, which is a separate discussion, amen? So there was punishment, which, which was part of the law, but then there's the curse, which was not part of the law. It was a warning against getting out on the devil's, devil's territory. Uh, so we're, we're about out of, out of time today. Uh, so uh, what we want to do, we'll pick up next week. Uh, we want to look at what's going to happen at the end of time and then, uh, then after that, then we're going to talk about what, what, what happens to us in the church, what happens to us, amen? Uh, what I would encourage you to do is, as a child of God, always desire to be better every day. Always desire to read the Word of God and pursue more of that every day. That's, your, that's the best blessings that you will live in in this earth, amen? amen. Uh, if, if you're just, just want to live so-and-so life, well, you know, th- th- there's so many blessings that are available to the church, we live so far below where we could live. Amen? People say, well, I want to be happy and just do what I want to do. If you want to be the happiest person that you could possibly be, do what the Lord tells you to do. Follow His Word. You'll be the happiest, the blessed, most secure, healthiest, prosperous, uh, soundest of mind. It's the absolute best you could ever be. Amen? Everything works for you. Uh, everything is working out for you. Right? Everywhere you go, you're blessed coming in, you're blessed going out. That, that's the, the, if you want to have the absolute best life, he said that you can have Zoe life in the New, New Testament, which is the God kind and the God quality of life. That's the kind of life he wants you to have today on this earth while you're breathing air here on this earth. That, and, and, the, and the way to get that the best is to follow the word of God and the spirit of God as closely as you possibly can. Amen? Amen. If you're just okay with just following the Lord half the time, then you'll get half the blessings, maybe less, right? Uh, but if you pursue the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, there's nothing but blessings available to you. Amen? Now, you've got to believe that. See, that's where, the church, that's where people in church sometimes have a hard time. They just don't believe that. Because they try it for a day and it doesn't work out. No, well, it doesn't work out. I'm not even gonna, it's not worth the trouble. If you will pursue it with all that you are, you will find out that it'll, it'll be the best thing you've ever done. Amen? Be- best decision you've ever made. Uh, the happiest you'll ever be, Right? Uh, but the, the, the difficulty comes in, well, I want what I want. Instead of wanting, instead of wanting what the Lord wants, you want what, and when you say, well, I want what I want, what you're really saying is, I want what my flesh wants. You know, then, then you just, uh, we'll find out what, what, what's going to happen in that situation as we go through this is, you're just going to get whatever comes your way, good or bad, amen? I mean, every now and then by accident, good things happen to bad people, right? And sometimes bad things happen to good people. But you, uh, if bad things happen to good people, uh, for me, if, if, if more than one bad thing happens to me at a time, I start going to the Lord. Lord, what's up? Because uh, I, I, want, I want information. I want to know, have I veered away from your law somewhere, right? And we'll talk about that because we, we want to talk about the church, right? But I want to lay that foundation a little bit about curses. You know, there's no generational curses, uh, and curses are, are an old covenant only because they don't apply to the church today, amen? And we'll, we'll look at why they don't apply to the church as, as we go along in this teaching, amen? So let's pray and thank the Lord for our word today, so, for the word today. So Father, we do thank you for the word of God. And Father, we thank you for uh, uh, the foundation of your word is, is, uh, uh, is everything that we believe about you, Father. Everything we know about you comes from your word. And so Father, we ask you to grant us understanding and wisdom of your word. Teach us, Father, what your word says. Teach us, Father, why you want us to do these things. Teach us, Father, why it's valuable to us to pursue your word in everyday life, Father. And Lord, we thank you for that. We give you praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive.
this morning's tithes and offerings. You know, one of the things that I, I see a lot of times, it comes about in people's lives, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are, young or old, whatever, a lot of times uh, people will stray away from the Lord because of relationships, right? Who, who, who you're with or whatever. Uh, and of course, if you're married, you know, you're, you, you, I mean, you're stuck in a way, not, you shouldn't be stuck in a, in a, in a harmful marriage, right, where people are harming you, but, uh, but you should commit yourself to that, amen? But a lot of times people will, will have people, it could be friends, it could be, you know, somebody that you want to have a romantic relationship with. A lot of times people will put people like that ahead of the Lord. And I've always been of the attitude that, you know, if you're a hindrance to, to me and the Lord, I'm walking. I mean, you're, I'm walking away. It's not, uh, there's no person on this earth, uh, no boy, no girl, uh, uh, important enough on this earth. And I, I, see, I see grown people do this. I see young people do this. They will place some relationship ahead of the Lord and then suffer consequences for that. And I've heard so many stories about that too. You've got to decide if the, if the Lord is really important to you in your life, that there's nothing else more important. Amen. And if you, if you are dating somebody or you know somebody, you know, I know people that are with people, you know, even right now, just people I know. Uh, they're with the worst people in the world and they will keep them away from the Lord. Uh, and then they suffer all their days and they're like, why am I suffering? I love this person. Well, that's great. You love them, but they're a terrible person, right? Uh, and all they do is keep you away from the Lord. Uh, and and my, my, from, the, from the day I got born again till now, it's like, look, uh, you want to be with me, Lord? That's great. You don't want to be with the Lord? Then, then we can't be friends, right? I mean, I know, uh, of course, I've been married for all these years, but even people don't want to be my friend. That's great. Do you love the Lord? Well, you know, sometimes, sorry, you know, not qualified. Amen. I'm not expecting perfection at all. Amen. But uh, if your desire is to get me away from the Lord, we, we just won't ever be friends. Amen. Uh, and so, and then we see that in the word of God. A lot of times people's difficulties in life come about because, well, I love that person. Well, that's great. Love them from afar. Send them an email once a year at Christmas time or something with a picture of your happy times and then walk away from them. Amen. Uh, and so come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. Uh, and look, I'm not mad at anybody, but, um, you know, there, uh, a lot of times people say, well, why am I struggling? Why am I having this, these difficult times in my life? Well, let me talk to you for a few minutes and I'll tell you. Amen. And not, not because I'm a prophet, but because I know the word of God right. and you're going to tell me how you're living. And if, and if I observe that it's not, I'm not judging you, but you tell me, well, I don't do the word of God. Then I say, well, it's because you're not doing the word of God, right? I mean, the answer is always going to be the same. We may, we may be able to get into some specifics, right? But, um, and so, uh, but again, we're not, we're not here to beat up anybody or, or to condemn anybody at all. Condemnation is part, not part of the new covenant, amen? But we do need to understand how these things work. If you understand how these things work, see, then, then life will be a lot easier, amen? Because right. what happens, I'll tell you, we'll go, a lot of times people say, well, Lord, I want you to give me a special deal that I want to operate differently than the word says, but I still want you to, to bless me the way the word promises I could be blessed. And the Lord's like, I can't make you a special deal. I made the same deal to everybody. It's an easy deal. Follow that deal and you'll be okay. And, and then people are like, I don't want that deal. And the Lord's like, I got nothing, right? And I've got nothing. As a pastor, I got nothing either, right? Well, how do I, how do I get blessed? Well, follow the Lord. Well, how can I be blessed without following the word? Uh, you're asking the wrong guy. You know, I mean, I, I can't, there's no, there's no answer for that question other than not going to happen, right? Not by the Lord, it's not going to happen, amen? You can lie, cheat, and steal and get blessed that way, but not going to happen the Lord's way, amen? So is the Lord good? He's good, amen. Well, be blessed. Don't forget we have healing school today at 3 o'clock and you're dismissed.